Hello, everyone, and welcome to the season finale, season one in King's Dilemma, man. We made it to the end. Um, here at King's Dilemma, we understand that all kings face difficult dilemmas on a daily basis. Heavy is a head that wears a crown. It's a statement that references the burden and difficulties of being a leader. Any person who has ever been in a significant leadership position knows the meaning of that statement. And since we are all leaders of our families and our communities, we face these difficult decisions every day. The goal of our program is to offer some perspective to our listeners and give them the tools to be able to make decisions, um, the best decisions for themselves, their family, and their communities. Thank you for joining us. My name is David Andrade. Hey, my name is Leonard Chitanga, and I'm glad to be back. <laughs> Dr. Charles Daniels, remember that name. Woo! Tori, I was ready to roll. There we go, man. Yo, you know what episode? You know what this episode's about, man? Mm, what it's we all, got? It's all about love, baby. You know L O V E. There we go. We showing some love. Then it's the most man. powerful word in the world, something like that. Yeah. Listen, uh, you know why this uh, this episode's so important, man? Because um, growing up, all the images I saw of men, um, especially any men of color, they were always violent. They were aggressive, um, and it they there was never any like tenderness. You know, to it, um, and I think that I, I I tried to embody that, right? I felt like that was the way I needed to be, considering that I never had my father in my life. I didn't know how to be a man, right? And so, to me, I took that from the images and the in the media around me. How do you feel about that, Charles? You know, um, I learned about love from my school counselor, Anthony Owens, who used to tell me that he loved me. Uh, when I was at the Bethune Cookman, the great Bethune Cookman University, Ooh. a historical black college and university in Daytona Beach, Florida, founded by Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune with mm. a dollar and 50, 50 cent on the trash mound. Yeesh. Only black woman who did something that great during her time. Mm. Uh, was also advisor to the Roosevelt's. Just a quick history lesson. But, you know, I think I learned about love from him, man, because that brother told me that he loved me, and then he always told me that he loved me throughout my whole entire college experience, and love built me up from a broken place. Mm. It transformed me, and he told me to make sure that I pay it forward. Mm. So I made a vow from that entire experience that if I had an opportunity to tell another young man or a brother, a friend that I genuinely love and care about them, I'm going to do it because the opportunity may not be granted. And, you know, there was one brother, one of my closest friends, um, Zach Osharoff, um, a white Jewish guy and the godfather to my son. Tell that brother that I love him so much. That brother was the first board chair of Fathers Uplift Incorporated mm. and hey. saw value in me when I was just a student at Simmons University with an idea and said that he would support me and be there for me. And that brother stood by my side for years. I tell that brother that I love him all the time. I love his children, Arlo, Jonah, his wife, April. You know, he's been nothing but a great friend, a great brother um, to me. And um, I'll always forever be grateful for him. So, Zach, I love you. And I um, just wanted to give you a shout-out as I was thinking about this whole conceptualization of love and where I learned it from. Dr. Anthony Owens, I also love you, too, for teaching me how to love myself, love my blackness, and love others. Man, listen, you get me fired up, man. Mm, let's, let me tell it. you something, Charles. Mm. Let's get it. I didn't really know how to express the feelings that I have for, like, my closest friends, right? It wasn't until I came to Father's Uplift. Obviously, people who have been listening to this series now from the beginning, yeah, I was a client here. I learned. I, you build me up, man. You, mm. I, I felt like I was a dead man walking. And coming here brought me back to life, right? Like, I really felt that. 
Um, and one of the things that I realized was that for me, it was just so hard to express those emotions. Um, but it was funny because I've always felt them. Right. But being able to verbalize them and feel comfortable with saying it was just so different for, for me and something that I, I didn't I didn't I didn't realize how powerful it was to say that. I didn't know how much it meant to my friends and how wonderful it would feel when, like, I open that door and extend that that feeling to my friend that they were reciprocated and how good it would feel for me. Um, and so, listen, I'm, I'm going to give a quick shout out to my boy, Ahmad. Because for a while, you know, I moved out to Chicago for a few years. And when I was out there, that's when one of my best friends had um, uh, committed suicide. And at that time, I was, I was really hurting. I didn't really have... I felt alone out there, right? I was with my girl, but I didn't feel like I had friends. And, and for me, I noticed it as an adult... Um, it could be difficult to make friends in a new city. You mm. know what I'm saying? So one thing that I did was I went to a party one day. I met this dude. We started talking about... Um, I started talking about my favorite podcast called Bodega Boys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was like... I was just referencing it. I was making like... You know, they had like a lot of like New York slang and stuff. And he kept noticing that I was using the slang. He was like, yo, bro, do you listen to Bodega Boys? And like once we made that connection, we like instantly hit it off as friends. We... um exchange uh video like uh gamer tags and we started playing video games online he ended up inviting me out to like to to restaurants showing me around the city you know my girl met his girl and we became very close friends he ended up inviting me to his wedding which was in like two weeks right like two weeks after i met him, he was like yo bro i'm putting you on the list like don't worry about it <laughs> and i just felt so like i felt like i had like real family out there you know what i'm saying so ahmad man i love you bro you really you know you you didn't know it at the time but i was hurting and and he helped me feel comfortable in a new place Place and just like really made me feel integrated out there and so i appreciate you man and um i can't wait to see you three-dimensionally again um this pandemic has not allowed me to go visit but I i'm gonna come check you soon man man whoo uh let me let me go in man listen i i got a list of folks i'm, I'm gonna be brief um obviously man love you know self-love you know i got it for my parents man because like i said for me it started at home so i'm grateful and i'm blessed um, but outside of the home, one of the things for me is like, I'm a very passionate person when it comes to, to black people, black humanity. So my love for black people, um, really connect on an intellectual level, started all the back at fest, man. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to, um, my, my first big brother mentor, man, Manuelito Loman, brother Loman from New York, uh, Buffalo, New York. First brother that really introduced me to this whole world of, um, poetry, spoken word, you know, black people, the, the black experience. And it was a healing moment for me because the reality is, you know, when you migrate in this country, you face, a, you, you go through a lot of emotion, man, a lot of trauma on your own because culture, you know, barren languages. So big brother, Manuelito, man, thank you, bro. I know I owe you a couple phone call. I love you, man. Good dude, man. You really opened my eyes to the world of African-American history because, introduced me to so many concepts and so many historical movements because I'm just that guy. So it was a healing moment for me. And I, I want to give a big shout-out, kind of let me go back to um, one of my high school teachers, Miss Postanark, I think English, you know, she, and she was a white teacher. She gave me this dictionary. She said, you're, gonna, you're learning fast. Grab this dictionary, use, learn the English language. You're going to be a heck of a poet and a speaker. I don't know what the hell she was talking about. But uh, love you, Miss Postanark. <laughs> I'll give a shout out to my two homeboy, man, from high school, Dwayne Jefferson, William Harvey. These two cat, man, in the inner city, 
they just kind of open arm. They're like, yo, you, you, you learning English, you're doing the country. And it was teasing me, giving me a hard time. But that really felt connected to understanding the struggle of black men in America to these two brothers, man, mm -hmm. growing up in the, in the city, Roxbury. Um, I don't give a shout out to my brother, uh, Sean Reed, very powerful, you know, dude, man. We connected on that African-American Africans because we used to argue a lot, but it turned into healthy friendships. So this is all healing for me. Um, I think... Two two more uh, men, which are friends. Oh, you emptying out the arsenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come yeah. On, two more. So you putting it all two out more. there. Two more. You got to share. I'm learning. Two, two more. Two more. On, we got more love to I'm, give. I'm trying to be yeah. a therapist here. So I'm, lear <laughs> I'm learning from, from, from David and, and Charles. You got to love addiction. Um, two two friends of mine, two Jeez. great men, two great mentors. They are Catholic priests. The first is um, Thomas Clark, white Catholic priest that I, I never see a priest who's so connected and involved with African-American history and love how to connect dot. And I'm not talking about American Catholicism, all that, but Catholicism is a big thing. So I'm just saying, want to give him some love because he was the first priest that really opened my eyes, really understanding when you, when you talk about that walk that Jesus is living it. And the other Catholic priest is uh, father Oscar Pratt, you know, very, very uh, good, good friend, even though we haven't engaged, but uh, love you all. Um, yeah. That's Listen, it. you get me fired up, man. That's it. Listen, I got I got some more I'm love learning, to show. I'm Listen. learning. I got to open up. Listen, I'm uh, I'm well, a... share no love yet. Because yeah. well, it's a whole whole list. You got a yeah. book. Nah, 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 because it was easy for now because now I put it together. So I got four cats. Uh my boy Kenny, my boy Kelly, my boy Dre, my boy Josh. That's my crew. Um I ain't your crew? Uh -uh. Yeah, 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 you in there too. Oh, oh, well, well, you love me at first sight. <laughs> Yo, remember that? Check out yeah. the episode. Tori already gave oh, me love, man. so I'll let you have those four. That's real. Yeah, y'all some fools, man. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Let me tell you something. People do not have this much fun at work, y'all. I know. People do not have this much fun. Man, we blessed here. Nah, but um, I've said many times, and if those of you who listen to this many times, or if you meet me or whatever it might be, I always talk about never having a bad day or my life experience, and um. Many of y'all joke with me like, well, Tori, like he ain't never been through nothing. Goodness gracious, never been through a bad thing. And you never had a bad experience or whatever. Um, and the, the, the dudes that I named, um, they are some of the few people that I know who seem to have, have a similar experience. Uh, it's hard for me to find people uh, who haven't gone through a lot in a sense of, if you share another person like, my life experience been good. I'm 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 cool. Mm -hmm. um, you ain't gonna have a lot of friends, no, because you're not gonna be able to relate to that many people. Mm. Um, and so those are some people who um, they 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 have they understand they understand me they understand what I'm saying mm. understand what I'm getting at. Um, they know that. I, how how can I put it? Um, you know, when I make that statement about never like I never had a bad day, right? It's not meant to be some type of theoretical ideal like that. It's not meant to be like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's a real life experience. Um, and sometimes it's not cool to say um, because you, it's almost like you have to defend yourself. Mm. Like you got to defend that idea, that statement, right? It's like, it can't mm -hmm. be real. Mm -hmm. So the people that I'm, the people that I'm talking about, uh, we have that conversation all the time. Like we talk about people's experience, what's going on. We just say like, What's going on? Why are people facing that? What's what's happening? Um, so 
you know, I know my mine was a little bit different than everybody else in, in terms of what their statements are and what they, what, what, how it relates. But I think the most important thing that I'm trying to relay is that it's hard for me to relate to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might sound weird to y'all because I love speaking to people, having fun, or whatever. Of course, right. Yeah, but yeah, when yeah. it becomes like, when it becomes private, right? Of course. And, it, yeah, and, and, and you break it down and, and, and who can you share with? Who can you be friends with? Who do you mm-hmm. love, right? When it starts to break down like that, mm-hmm. who can you trust those things? Um, that, group's get, that group gets real small. Of course, that's everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, right. group, that group gets real small. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just want to relay that to them and, and share that with them. So, um, you know, I love y'all, um, y'all the homies, and anybody that I didn't mention, y'all know who y'all are, so it's all no. good. I'm going to tell you, man, I want to show some love to my boy Sheldon, uh, Sheldon Trotman. Uh, I met him when I was working at MIT. Interesting thing about working at MIT, I work at the front desk, and uh, a lot of people treat you like you're a front desk worker, right? Like mm. they walk right by you, they don't acknowledge you, they, they treat you like that old. And to be honest, I don't really care. I'm there to get a check, and I punch in, I punch out, I go home. But one thing I will say is Sheldon took the time. Um, he also would work at the front desk, and he was one of the students, one of the most brilliant people I've met. Um, and he treated me with so much respect, and he treated me like like a friend very quickly. And then um, we, we became brothers, right? And mm-hmm. so one thing that I will always forget, I mean, I'll never forget, is that he always treated me with, like, dignity and respect and saw that I was a human being, right? And we became friends. And we stayed in touch. And when I moved out to Chicago, he actually came to visit me one day. And that meant a lot to me. And when he was out there, I had actually just quit my job. And Sheldon told me, he asked me a question. He's like, what do you want to do with your life? Like, what would you like to do? And I told him, I was like, yo, man, I want to talk for a living, right? Like, I want that to be my job. And he was like, man... Ain't nobody going to pay you to talk, (laughs) right? And then I realized, but he challenged me. He said, listen, think about what you bring to the table and how you can like, he he basically told me, follow your passion. Mm. Whatever you love to do, like do it. And eventually you'll learn how to monetize that, right? And what I realized was it wasn't just talking that I loved. I loved uh, working with people, understanding where they're coming from and trying to help them, you know, get better. And I, and eventually I found out that like, I can do that and make a living. And then a few, uh, last year, just last year, I got paid twice for speaking engagements. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it was, it, it wouldn't have been possible without Sheldon's help, right. For him pushing me and challenging me and him always sending me things on, on finance and, and tech and like just helping me grow. Like he really at times made me feel uncomfortable and forced me to grow. Mm. And anytime I need it, he's always there to just give me, um, his ear and let me talk sometimes event sometimes he give me advice um but he was a very um you know he's, he's he's a really cool dude i appreciate everything you've done for me sheldon man without you i know i wouldn't have grown and i know i wouldn't be where i'm at um so mm-hmm. just so you know sheldon i love you bro i got more love let me get more love right because yeah. y'all just giving everybody man love. we doing it bro and i have Whew. to give some love i to got two more my brother um well, you got to wait, Leonard, because you know, gave wait. Yeah. some people love already. <laughs> I, Hell, I only gave two. I, I need to give some more love, too. Yeah. I got some love from my brother, Tori. Tori Joyner, who's on the show with me. You know, Tori came to Follows Uplift to be my executive assistant to help me out. But the truth of the matter is, is that Tori could be anywhere. You know, Tori did not have to come here. Tori could go anywhere in the country and do anything. But he knew what I was trying to do and wanted to come here and support me the best way that he could, brother. And I, you know... Love you for that, man. Thank you for believing me enough to come here to support me, even when you didn't have to. You didn't have to. <clears throat> and I'm 
fully acknowledge that and I'm well aware of that, man. And you being here with me, having my back is one of the best things that have ever happened to me, man. So I love you genuinely and I care about you. And that's real, man. Thank you for coming here to support my wife and I. It means the world to me. Even though at times it may seem as if we don't appreciate it, you know I appreciate it. You know my heart. You know how I am. Even when I'm tired, I'm sick, and I got a little attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and he put up with me, and he cuts me out sometimes. But, hey, that's my boy, right? But he mm-hmm. but he do have my back, and, you know, me and my wife can trust him. And I also got some love for, um, I haven't seen this brother in a long time, man, but um, Terrence Edwards, man. You know, Terrence was the strong side tackle when I was playing football at Riverdale High School. <laughs> and, I was a, and I was the strong side defensive end. And, you know, we were very close, man, because on that football Ooh. field, my brother would have my back, and we became the best of friends. I haven't talked to him in a while. I know he had a baby and everything, man. But we may have been distanced, man, but my heart has always loved that man, mm-hmm. loved him genuinely, man. And I think one good thing about that brother, man, is that if I called him today, he will always pick up the phone. Right? Mm. Um, so, Terrence, man, I know we haven't talked in a long time. Comp, we call you. Strong side, weak side, brother, listen. Love you, man. Miss you, man. And uh, just thank you for being a good friend, brother. And and I know distance may have occurred, but I know the love we have for one another still intact. I love you, man. Word, man. That's dope. No, it came to my mind, too. Uh, mm. My boy, Chris. We talked about snitching earlier. <laughs> <laughs> every episode. Every episode. Please listen to the whole season. I know what I mean by snitching and everything. <laughs> so um, when I was in high school, uh, so... I was a very talented basketball player in high school. Um, and my boy Chris, like, you know, he he, he stuck, we stood by that. That was that was his thing. Chris yeah. swore by me. Like, yeah. that's that. Even if the rest of the world didn't, Chris swore by me. Um, but Chris is a little older than I am, so so like Chris was driving around, all that. So Chris come pick me up. We ride all around the city. I remember at nighttime, uh, we had like three dollars, right? So we stopped three times. McDonald's to get something else. You know, just in full snitching um, transparency. <laughs> my boy Chris had mad girls too. Yo. Ooh, like, yo, yeah. Put them on blast. Yeah, Chris. Full snitch transparency. My boy Chris had mad girls. Nah, nah, nah. But um, nah, nah. What, what was important about uh, my friendship with Chris is that, well, number one, uh, I said about believing in me. And um, there's one particular thing that we did. Before I left my first high school to go to my second high school, uh, it, was, it was a big decision for me. It meant a lot. Mm-hmm. And Chris did this thing where he wanted to do a, an interview with me. He wanted to interview me to go over, like, why am I doing this transfer? Mm-hmm. Like, as if, like, I'm going to the NBA or something like that. <laughs> um, but what was, what was important about it, like, Chris wanted to take and like explain to people like, yo, this is my boy. He gonna go. He gonna do something big. Mm. And he believed that. And to this day, like he swears by that and stands by that. Um, and so, Chris, I love you for that. It's, it's very valuable to me. And just know that I feel the same way in reverse. Um, knowing that, knowing that I have somebody that has my back at all times. Um, always, it, it allows me to be who I am, um, be me. Never feel like I'm alone. Um, so just know that I love you for that. And you know, well, we we you and I know what happened. Mm. <laughs> Bingo. 
You done? I got two more. You done? And for privacy, transparency. Leonard, give us some love. Give us, give us, give us one of the two. I give us one that. of the two right now. Let's hear it. It's gonna be quick, man. I got, I gotta give, um, give a shout out. And, and, and it's been a minute I haven't talked to him, man. You know, um, I think I mention his name all the time, Doctor Eric Johnson, man. Um, I love you, Doc. It's been a minute. Um, I think he was the first one that really, I don't think he realized the impact he had on me, introducing me to the world of just kind of emotion, you know, anger, therapy, psychology, mental health. Um, we used to really go on that on the intellectual level, right? So when I was doing even uh, my master's and stuff, so I definitely want to give him a shout out. Love you, Doc. I know I miss you. <laughs> it's been a minute. And then the other part that I want to give some love to, um, you may or may not know, but he's right there next to me, Dr. Charles Daniel. I think I thank God how we met, and it's funny how um, if I said, like we say, I go to war in the trenches when it comes to fatherhood engagement work, it'd be with, with Charles, man. I love you, Charles, man, because how we met. Thank you for the opportunity to be out there in the trenches with you and just advocate and go hard on the dad because it's real. This is bigger than us, man. Mm-hmm. So when Charles put him, yo, I need a coach. It was like years ago, but um, obviously, you know, shout out to. Um, Thing as well, Samantha Fields, Daniel. But I think uh, if I don't get to say it, but uh, you know, I, I love you, bro. Appreciate I love you, you too, dog. man. I Peace. really do. Yeah, that's real, man. I love this, yo. Uh, I got, I got some more love, man. I got love for somebody it. else, bro. Listen, yeah, that yo. was my therapy toy. Stop laughing at me, <laughs> mommy. He's laughing at me. You give love, but I've never seen you give love like this. So it's gonna be a good day. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a good day. Let her give love like that. And it's going to be a good day. <laughs> right, a good listen, year. listen, that Peabody coming, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm learning, man. I'm Yo, learning. I'm learning. Um, I got to give some love to my boy, uh, Julio. Uh, Julio is my best friend, man. Um, you know, I've, I've obviously been open about never having a relationship with my dad. Um, and that that's like a very signature part of my identity. I've, I've, I've always... I, I struggled with it as I was a youth. And then I used it as like almost like a, a, a badge of honor. Um or, or armor to kind of strengthen me. Um, but I've always had my boy Julio. Let me tell you a quick story about Julio. Him and I, mm. when we first really started to interact was because we got into a fist fight. We were playing football. Um, and we had to be, we had to be like 14, 15 years old. We was in a schoolyard. We were playing football. Um, play had just ended. I'm walking away. He kicks the football, hits me in the back of the head. I turn around. I was like, yo, who just hit me with the ball? He was like, I did. Get over it. And, and turned around and walked away, and I was like, oh, oh, that's what we doing. Bet. I picked up that ball, chucked it at his head, and as he turned around, all he saw was me sprinting towards him. You know what I'm saying? And I just started wailing on him. And so eventually we kind of get into fisticuffs. They pull us apart. The next day, you know, uh, one, of the, one of the dudes on the block came through and was like, yo, y'all got to squash it. Y'all, like, y'all don't have no real drama. Y'all don't need to be getting into this. Since that day, every time we retell this story, Julio will always say, yo, that fight was a tie. And I was like, nah, bro. Nah, I gave you the pause. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, listen, I put that work on you, bro. Anyone who says that the fight was a tie, you lost. Just take that out. You know what I'm saying? Don't say that because yo. I said that several times. I must have lost several times. Yo, that was a tie. You, you yo. are taking L's, Charles. Yo, you got to eat yo, that. Yo, I'm taking the L today. <laughs> I'm taking the L today. But, man, Julio, mm. man, you've always been there for me. Um, obviously, my boy Julio also has not met his father, and that's something. Well, he's met his father, but his father was never engaged, and that's something that we always kind of talked about and knowing him growing up with him and kind of being able to, to talk about how that used to hurt me. It was just something that it, I didn't feel alone anymore. Mm. Um, and Julio has always been there for me. Um, you know, there were times when, 
uh, I didn't have any money and my boy like, yo, here, hold that. You know what I'm saying? Like, pay your bills, do whatever you got to do. Like, don't worry about paying me back. And I always like, I will always find a way to pay him back. But like, I know that it's actually no pressure. Um, he's also always been there like to, to give me solid advice. Um, when I was being, you know, toxic to myself and, and give him and, and doing all these bad things for my health. He was the first one to be like, yo, David, cut the shit. Like, I'm like, all right, fine. Like, you want to sleep around with me? Well, now you're, being, you're, you're trying to hurt yourself. You know what I'm mm. saying? And, like, I'm going to hold you accountable. And I think he was one of the only people who could reach me at the time and tell me that I was being problematic, you know? Um, there were times where I wanted to kind of fall off the wagon. He'd be like, don't do that shit. Why are, you, why are you even thinking about that? Like, you've come so far, you know? And so you've always been supportive, Julio. I love you, man. I appreciate you. And, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate how... I feel like I'm always a hype man everywhere I go. People acknowledge that. Um, and sometimes it's hard for me to hype myself up, though. Right? Mm. Like, that's what I talked about in the past. Like, it's really hard for me to have this, um, to, to talk positively to myself. If I wish, if I could, for just one day, look at myself through Julio's eyes. Because Julio, to him, there's nothing I can't do. And that's the kind of people that I need around me. You know what I'm saying? And, mm. and so for that, man, you've always believed in me. And I, I will always believe in you as well, brother. And so, Julio, just know that I love you, man. Wow. I'm about to cry over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Uh, I got to get shout out to my two. My, my, my. <laughs> <laughs> got the sniffles. I got it. I got it. <laughs> All right. Why were these tears? Why were these tears from my eyes? I'm going to start calling y'all Sniffleupagus. Stupid. <laughs> 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 Nah, you know, yo, my two brothers, my two brothers, those are my mm. boys. Uh, mm. My oldest brother, my middle brother. Um, we had different experiences um, in our lives because, I mean, me being the baby, um, I remember as the baby, my older brother, of course, like, he had to watch me. Uh, he taught me how to play basketball. I remember one of my, one of my favorite stories about my brother. Um, we used to play football in the living room. Mm-hmm. So I, I had one of the little kid helmets that you put on. <laughs> this dude used to be throwing me up against the ball. What type of stuff going on like in your life that you try to throw a little kid all over the ground? Yeah. Goodness gracious. But I remember one time we used to play, we used to play basketball in the hangar. Mm-hmm. Yo, for a couple of years, I never scored at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember one time. So, so I always wanted to dunk it, yo, on the hangar. But I, I can't believe this is true. My yeah. brother is standing there talking about I believe I can fly. <laughs> um, it, that's the song. He <laughs> keeps singing this oh, song, though. <laughs> <laughs> but he's singing this song. Yo, dog, I ran down there, yo, and I dunked it, yo. <laughs> On the hangar. Wow. Yeah. Yo, I dunked it, yo. I was so, I was so happy. But you talk about people believing in you? Yo, my brother's like, swear by me. Mm-hmm. My second brother, he, that's my middle brother. Um, that's my boy right there. Um, he's a wild, he's a he's a wild dude, yeah. <laughs> and um, nah, but like, yo, he always put a lot of trust in me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, and put a lot of trust in your baby brother ain't 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 mm-hmm. the thing. You know what I'm saying necessarily, because mm-hmm. um, some people out there be snitching. Um, <laughs> this is to the full podcast. You understand the whole subject. <laughs> but um, nah. That's my man. Um, and he, I think the reason why I keep on saying this, I'm like, you know why? Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to relay that. I want to keep on saying that because um, hopefully when, when these people hear this, um, they, they know that 
I don't know. I don't, they may not feel the same way about us. Who knows, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but hopefully mm -hmm, they yeah. know. Like some of us are not, you know, I'm not fully relaying mm -hmm. the unique experience mm -hmm. and what that meant, right? But they know that they were there. Yeah. Um, and, and they know what happened. Um, and so just for my two brothers, like, just know that, um, you know, I can name all my boys and all that stuff, all these experiences that I've had. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But my character, how I developed, um, being able to go outside knowing that nobody ever going to beat me up. Mm. Um, I mean, just believing in myself, um, that became a lot for my brothers. Mm. Yo, my brothers are both six foot three. Wow. And I'm five foot ten. So I got to talk to my dad about that, but that's a whole different subject. <laughs> All together, because I don't know how I'm so tall, I'm so short. No. But yo, like, I never worried about how, who, how big I am. I'm the small cat who gonna do something to me. All that I never had that experience. Mm -hmm. um, and talk about you know believing in myself, um, all those things. My brothers like are, the, are are two of the people who are the biggest people who instilled that in me. Um, and so you know I love y'all. Y'all know that, but um, you know I want to thank y'all. Can I do a quick love tour? Because Tori just got me fired. This is very quick. Mm -hmm. Right, I think my my last love would go to um, my father Charles Daniel Senior. Mm -hmm. I think everything that um, and Dad, I'm talking to you. Everything that you were not to me, I have become. And I want to thank you for your imperfections. And I love them. And I just pray one day that you grow to a place where you love your own imperfections. And any brother out there that's struggling to love their own imperfections, I want you to know that you're valuable. I love you, and I hope and pray that you love you too one day. Mm. You and I love y'all, man. I just <laughs> love y'all, that's all. That's Yo, right. I think some love is... is I, I know we're saying the love, but I think... Uh, and, and I'm learning how to share more love because I have it in me because I'm also quite a very private person. But mm -hmm. I think I love the fact that we're doing this because it's, it's, it's bigger than us. So I definitely want to give a shout out to, uh, to my kings next mm -hmm. to me. Listen, we're almost out of time, but I will not be silenced. Not when it comes to giving love. You know what I'm saying? I got one more uh, little love story I got to share, man. Go to my boy Av. Uh, uh, his name's Edgar, but we call him Av. You know, I've known him since, since first grade. Uh, we went back in elementary school. And there's, there's two stories I need to tell about Edgar. One of the first ones was I didn't even think we were that close, right? And one day in middle school, um, I'm getting bullied. These two dudes from high school come up and they roll up on me, and they were basically like, "Yo, we about to, we about to, we about to put some work on you." Um, and I was terrified. I had just gotten out of like my after school program. I'm walking home. They're talking all this trash, and they're like, "They're bigger than me." They look scary. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, I'm about to get my ass kicked. And um, they they basically, like, cornered me. And then out of nowhere, my boy Edgar come through. He don't even remember this story. Every time I tell him this story, he's, like, doing that. But he comes through, and he's like, yo, don't worry, D, I got you. You know what I'm saying? I got you. And so we ended up fighting these dudes, and we both got our asses kicked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because these dudes were bigger and stronger than us. But you know what? In that moment, I had someone who was protecting me. This person was not my blood. He was just a friend, yo. And he saw me in danger and he looked out. And like, yo, for him, like, I thought he was the strongest, like, bravest person in the world. I'm like, mm. yo, because, like, I was terrified. And he, when I looked at him, I saw no fear in his eyes, no fear in his heart. And he held, he, like, he held me down, you know. Um, and so I always appreciated that for him. And, um, you know, once I started going through therapy as an adult, there were some traumas that I had never really talked about and some traumas that really impacted me and my, in my, my view of masculinity. Mm. Um, and so when it finally came to talk about that, you know, I, I had opened up to Charles about it and he kind of told me, you got to own it. 
right? Um, and I was always afraid that if I talked to um, another person about it, it would like impact their view of me. And so Edgar is actually the first person that I talked to about my trauma. Um, I still remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I met up with him around Jackson. We walked up Center Street. We went to the Whole Foods in JP, mm. which used to be a high-low. Um, shout out to capitalism. Uh, but we sat down. We had breakfast. And um, I sat down and I told him what happened to me. And as I was explaining what happened to me, um, I noticed he started to cry. And I was like, yo, Edgar, like, it's cool, bro. You know, everything that happened to me, like, I'm working with a therapist. I feel better now. Like, it's working through. And then he starts to tell me about some of his childhood trauma, right? And that's when I realized how powerful therapy and speaking about your problems can be. Because at that point, like, I always felt like we were brothers. Mm -hmm. But at that moment, we actually became brothers, mm -hmm. right? Because I, we were no longer suffering alone. We were, we were, we were, you know, we, we really became, um, brothers in that moment. And for that, Edgar, I will always, I will always have love for you. Um, you know, I am proud of the man that you have become. I'm proud of the fact that you are going after your dreams and, um, I'm just proud to be your friend and, and, and feel truly blessed and thankful to have mm. you in my life and everything you've kind of provided for me. Um, so that's the last love I got to give, man. Um, Wow, that's the purpose of King's Dilemma. Mm. Yeah, We're man. all in this together. Mm -hmm. Love it. So let's listen, get it. Before we wrap up, man, right now um, we have a challenge to all of our listeners, um, and we will be participating in this challenge. We'll be going on social media. We'll be tagging our, our friends that, that we love, and we will tell them we love them. Mm -hmm. And we ask you, if you get tagged, please tag a few other people and tell them you love them. Because right now, what we are dealing with is that the media in this country tries to tell us that black men are actually very violent individuals. And we need to change that narrative, right? So if you ever hear somebody talking and saying that black men are violent or that we lack emotion and can't show love, play this podcast for them. And let's, let's do our part by sharing and telling other, uh, other men that we love them to change the narrative and the view of what we are because we are caring, we are loving, and um, we are empathetic, and, and we need to change the negative um, perception of us. So thank you so much for joining us um, on the season finale of King's Dilemma. And just know we got green lighted for season two, so we coming back, baby. You know peace. what I'm saying? Peace, peace. Peace, King. Time and time again, the narrative penned about fathers is that they don't want to be there for their children. But what's hardly ever mentioned is how there are a multitude of reasons a father can go missing. More than the he doesn't care or he wouldn't dare step up because he doesn't love his children enough ones. It's true, some fathers don't want to be involved at all, but contrary to popular belief, that percentage is extremely small. Before we start saying this dad was intentionally an absentee, we must first assess whether he isn't there but wants to be. We must also evaluate whether mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, economically, socially, environmentally, fathers are equipped to maintain positive relationships with their children. Fathering is not a singular act. If he lacks his village and community support, then of course he may go MIA. That's why therapist Charles C. Daniels and Samantha Fields Daniels founded Fathers Uplift to help guide and provide them with the mental health services they need so want-to-be fathers can actually make better decisions for themselves and their families.